What is the importance of Christian books and movies? We'll find out from our guest, the co-author of the Left Behind series, Jerry Jenkins. And he'll talk about his latest book and movie project, Midnight Clear, which is billed as a modern-day Christmas parable. Also, we'll cover today's Democratic debates in Iowa. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. I believe universal health care is a human right for every American. All right, that's Bill Richardson, governor of New Mexico. And he says he believes that universal health care is a human right for every American. Is that constitutional? Is that biblical? And is it actually hypocritical? What human right does Bill Richardson deny? There is a human right, a fundamental human right, that is in our founding documents that he and many of the other Democrats deny. What is it? We're going to listen to the Democrats' debate in Iowa in just a moment. We're going to ask you to call in. The number is 800-881-9270. Did you watch that debate? Did you watch the Republican debate yesterday? Want to comment on the Republicans or the Democrats? The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. So, today the Democrats in Iowa, the candidates... Uh, We're told the highest priority for Iowa voters is the country's financial picture. Uh, They were asked what they would do to balance the federal budget. Here's Barack Obama's answer. We are not going to be able to dig ourselves out of that hole in one or two years. But if we can get on a path of sustained growth, if we can end the war in Iraq, end some of the special interest loopholes and earmarks that have been clogging up the system, then I think we can return to a path of a balanced budget. Okay, that's Barack Obama. He says, uh, look, we're going to eliminate some earmarks, some uh, pork projects. And, uh, folks, but it's going to take much more than that. It's going to take, actually, handling the entitlement crisis. If you heard Fred Thompson yesterday in the debate, he talked about federal entitlements, entitlements, that is, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and uh, that actually these so-called entitlements are going to break the federal budget, and that is the key issue if we're going to balance the federal budget. Again, the number is 800-881-9270 if you have a comment about the Republican debate or today's Democrat debate. Now, coming up in just a moment, Jerry Jenkins 
has written a new book, Midnight Clear. It's a novel, and it's been turned into a movie with actor Stephen Baldwin. We're going to hear some of the sound from that movie in just a few minutes, and also we'll be interviewing Jerry Jenkins. And you may want to call in that segment later on uh, to talk to the co-author of the Left Behind series. We'll be talking about his new book. We'll also be talking about the Left Behind series. You don't want to miss that. Of course, later, an update on the climate conference. Uh, Al Gore has uh, been accusing the United States of blocking the conference and frustrating their efforts. Also, we'll have our Grinch Award later in the program. But back to the Democrat debate. Uh, The first topic that they discussed was the economy. And you might say, well, what difference does this make? It seems so far away. I'll tell you what difference it makes. In less than 22 days, uh, we're going to begin in Iowa, Americans voting for who will be the next president of the United States. And huge consequences will follow. Will it be Hillary Clinton? Will it be Obama? Will it be Richardson? Will it be Fred Thompson or Mitt Romney or Mike Huckabee? It could make a huge difference for the history of this country. And if we wait to get plugged in till October or November next year, it's it's just too late. So call in with your comments, 800-881-9270. Now let's go to Bill Richardson's answer on how to fix the federal budget. Balancing the budget should be viewed as an opportunity to have economic growth, the way we did in the Clinton years. We created new jobs. We stopped raiding the Social Security Trust Fund. And there was economic growth in this country. Well, during the Clinton years, well, it actually began in the Reagan years because of the Reagan tax cuts. The economy began to surge, began to build, build boom, and to build. And, um, and then, of course, you'll remember uh, the end of the welfare state, so-called. That is, when Bill Clinton got up and said the era of big government is over. And I think all of these things contributed to um, a strong economy in the late 80s, and uh, early 90s. We've got Joe Biden answering on how he would fix the federal budget. It's about priorities. Just by eliminating the war, eliminating the $200 billion in tax cuts that aren't needed for the goes to the top 1% if you add it all up, and by cutting somewhere in the order of $20 billion a year out of the military for special programs from Star Wars to a new atomic weapon to the F-22 to the uh, Nimitz-class destroyer, you can save $350 billion. That would allow me to do everything I want to do, my priorities on education, health care, and the environment, and still bring down the deficit by $150 billion. Okay. Well, there's a lot of rhetoric here, and we want to talk about this for a minute because these things sound popular, but when you look at the details, I think Mr. Biden is way off. He talks about eliminating the war. He says, oh, that'll save us a lot of money. Well, since when do you get to eliminate war? If you go to war, it ought to be because the national security of the country is at risk. You can't just eliminate wars when you feel like your country is being threatened. He talked about eliminating the Star Wars program. He says, oh, if we eliminate the Star Wars program, then we'll get to do everything I want to do. Well, unfortunately, there are evil people out there that are developing nuclear technology, including missiles, And if they send one of those missiles to the United States right now, we do not really have an anti-ballistic missile shield. We do not have the so-called Star Wars system yet up and running. We've got some very successful prototypes, but it's not yet up and running. But it, it is now within reach. Wouldn't it be nice if we were able to stop a missile from Iran? 
stop a missile from North Korea, stop a missile even from Pakistan if the if the crazy people take over there and, and aim that missile at us. Wouldn't it be nice to stop that so that Mr. Biden could do all that he wants to do? But if he doesn't fund Star Wars, he may not get to do all he wants to do if that missile hits Washington, D.C. They also said, wait a minute, the richest people, the $200 billion in tax cuts to the top 1%. Now, we're going to hear a lot of class warfare language in this election season. I want to remind you of something that has happened in the last 10 or 15 years. And here it is. Those who pay the most in taxes are, in fact, the rich. The, the very ones that uh, Mr. Biden and Mr. Edwards and Mrs. Clinton are always saying they do not pay their fair share. Listen to this. From 1984 to 2001, those in the bottom 20% reduced their share of the tax burden from 2% to 1%. So that is the poorest 20% that are actually paying taxes, that are actually paying taxes. That's not counting all those who get actually get income with the earned income tax credit, but those who are paying taxes reduce their burden from 2% to 1%. That is the bottom 20% of the people pay just barely over 1% of the taxes. Those in the top 20% saw their share rise from 55% to 65%. That is the top 20% in America of wealth holders pay 65% of the taxes. And if you sector off the wealthiest 10%, their share raised from 39% to over 50% of the taxes. Now, God instituted a tithe in the Old Testament, a flat tax uh, for the work of the Lord at 10%. And I say, if that's fair for God, that kind of a flat tax ought to be fair for everyone else. But the next time someone tells you that the rich are getting big tax cuts, you let them know that the top 10% of the wealthy in America pay over 50% of the federal income. Is that fair? Well, I think, certainly, these tax cuts are not helping the rich. Well, let's go on now to John uh, actually, I think we're, we're up at uh, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton up next on money. Fiscal responsibility is a very high priority for me. Uh, we don't have to go back very far in our history, in fact, just to the 1990s, to see what happens when we do have a fiscally responsible budget that does use rules of discipline to make sure that we're not cutting taxes or spending more than we can afford. I will institute those very same approaches. You can't do it in a year. It'll take time. But the economy will grow again when we start acting fiscally responsible. Well, you actually, Hillary, you can cut taxes. This is what John F. K. saw. I mean, he was a Democrat. He said we must cut taxes to get this economy going again. You always increase revenue when you cut taxes because the people have money. They invest it. They spend it. It's very good for the people to have money. Not so good for the federal government to have that money. Well, let's... Um, Let's move on to John Edwards, probably the ultimate class warrior in this pack. Here's John Edwards. We can actually make absolutely certain, starting here in Iowa, that we make this country better than we left it. Thank you. Better, leave it better than we started. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he got a little confused there, and uh, he, uh, 
he what he meant to say is that uh, we want to leave the country in better shape than we found it. But uh, I think that's a very interesting slip because uh, if you want to look back and see, um, the the Democrat record is not so good when it comes to spending. And when they've had control of Congress, they've said, uh, you know, we're going to have a new tone, a new uh, a new style. Uh, and they have been pushing these pork barrel projects all year. They don't mean to have discipline. They mean, once again, to reward the lobbyists. Well, let's move on real quickly to other issues. Uh, this is from the Democrat debate today. You hear it here first on Jerry Johnson Live. Everybody is for health care. Everybody's for health care. Let's hear about Hillary Clinton. What does she say about health care? We've got to have a health care reform like the one that I have proposed, the American Health Choices Plan, that will bring costs down. I have very aggressive cost reduction measures. That will help Medicare. And with respect to Social Security, I think that the best way we're going to deal with the long-term challenges is when I'm president to convene a bipartisan commission because Republicans and Democrats are going to have to agree to make the changes that are necessary. Okay, did you hear the name of her program? Again, it's the Choices, the Choices program. But there's one choice you don't have, and that is not to be in this plan. If you remember the unveiling of her Choices health care plan, it's uh, Orwellian in title and scope in that you do not have a choice. You must be in this plan. That's bigger government. That's more spending. Oh, we just heard him say that we've got to be disciplined. Well, if we're going to be disciplined, it means we can't buy everything we want. And Bill Richardson goes so far as to say, look, this is a human right. I believe universal health care is a human right for every American. Look, don't talk to me about human rights for every American. The Declaration of Independence knows only three rights. The right to life the right to liberty or freedom, and the right to the pursuit of happiness. Democrats in the main, the National Party platform, is not for the right to life. They are denying the first right, the right to life. The Declaration says we're endowed by the Creator with inalienable rights, among these the right to life. Don't talk about future generations and providing health care for the current and future generations when you won't even allow these unborn children to come into this world. Well, when we come back, a change in topics completely. Jerry Jenkins has written a book, Midnight Clear, the movie, stars Stephen Baldwin. We'll hear sound from that movie, and we will interview Jerry Jenkins, and we'll open up the lines later, and you can call and talk to the author of the Left Behind series. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu.
Are you saying you don't have an apartment or a home or any sort of shelter, Mr. Boyle? No, I got shelter. I just don't have an address at the moment. What are you, living in your car? This is the trailer for the movie Midnight Clear. We're going to talk to the author, Jerry Jenkins, in a moment. Seriously, you doing all right? As good as can be expected. Seriously. <laughs> you even have to be open today? Chug-a-lug and neighbor mart our clothes. It'd be stupid to pass up the Christmas Eve rush. Oh. Yeah. I know you're drinking again. You're fired. Oh, and Mrs. Boyle, you have nothing to be ashamed of. What do you mean? You okay? This is just a little more than what I was looking for. Well, what are you looking for? It's hard, Rick. So hard. I know you didn't want to, but you did the right thing tonight. All right, that's the trailer for Midnight Clear. This is a movie based upon a novel by Jerry Jenkins. Jerry Jenkins, co-author of the Left Behind series of books, very popular, now has written a book. Uh, Jerry Jenkins and Dallas Jenkins have written the book, Midnight Clear. Welcome to the program, Jerry. Thank you. Great to be with you. All right, Jerry, uh, tell us about uh, this movie, but also the book. Tell us the story, uh, why people really would be interested uh, in this book and in the film. Well, it actually originated with a short story I wrote years ago uh, called Midnight Clear. I had heard a statistic that said that more people commit suicide around uh, Christmas holiday than any other time yes. of the year, and it really stunned me because I was raised in a happy Christian home, and Christmas was the best time of the year. And and uh, But I, I began to delve into that a little bit and realized that people uh, expect so much from Christmas. They expect all their troubles to be taken care of and for santa or jesus to bring them something that'll put their families back together and when that doesn't happen they're really depressed and uh so i did a story about a, a middle-aged man and a uh, an elderly woman who are both suicidal on christmas eve but they they wind up connecting in the end and realizing they need each other and so it ends with hope and my son who uh, runs our film company had always loved that uh, short story and a couple of years ago, I made a short movie out of it starring Stephen Baldwin and some really great character actors from Hollywood. And he um, he got a lot of uh, awards for that, and, and the film did well. And, and people said, you should expand that into a full-length feature. And uh, so I told Dallas that if he could get Stephen Baldwin again, because he did such a great job, and get some of the same people and have somebody expand that script, that uh, I'd get behind the uh, the full-length feature as well. And it's just come out from Lionsgate. It's available on DVD everywhere. And uh, uh, it went to 12 film festivals, and uh, it opened the San, Diego, San Jose Film Festival and closed the Fort Lauderdale Film Festival. And these are these are secular film festivals that are generally not kind to uh, films made by Christians with a Christian worldview. But uh, 
this is really a gritty piece, and it's it's got some hard stuff in it, but it also ends with hope. So uh, uh, it's been very well received, and we're, we're just real proud of it. Now, the Baldwin name is obviously a big name, and I think there's a Saturday Night Live uh, personality in this movie. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Victoria Jackson plays uh, the Meals on Wheels gal in this <laughs> movie, and uh, Richard Fancy, who is a character actor who did a lot of Seinfeld episodes, is in this. Uh, Kirk Wohler, who does... Uh, awful lot of um, Spielberg movies is, is in it. And then the the uh, elderly woman is played by Kay Callan, and she's just, I mean, people may not recognize the name, but they'll recognize the face. She's been in over 100 films uh, in her lifetime, so really got some great actors involved in this. Now, you've got an interview uh, with one of the actresses uh, in the movie at the end of the book that's out now, the edition of this book. I think it's Victoria Jackson. Tell us about that, why you have that in there, and uh, what's going on with that? Well, we just thought people would be interested because they, I'm sure they've seen her face on, on television, and she's an outstanding believer. And uh, we're trying to get across the idea that, we're, you know, we didn't go out to Hollywood to curse Hollywood. We realize right. there's, there's plenty of things to fight out there, and and uh, we, we realize that most of the movies are things that we wouldn't espouse. But we have to acknowledge that Hollywood makes the best movies on the planet from a mm-hmm. technical standpoint. And so we want to compete with them, and we want to, to be in that world and... and uh, and uh, you know, share in the in the competition for people's uh, hearts and minds, and uh, so we just we just try to make movies as as good as we can make them. And, and she's one of the reasons we think this is a good one because she's been living in uh, in that world and and uh, standing up for her faith in spite of everything. And I think it's a very interesting interview. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. We're talking to Jerry Jenkins about his book, Midnight Clear, and about the movie that's being released right now on DVD. One of our workers saw it at Blockbuster, I think, uh, the other day. And um, I want to ask you this question, Jerry, because you've just talked about Hollywood and Christians. Uh, uh, How important is it that Christians uh, engage the entertainment culture. I mean, that actually is our culture now in America, entertainment. Uh, how can Christians break in as authors, uh, producers, actors, uh, writers? Uh, you've been able to do this and to kind of, you know, move around in both worlds. Um, I know there are people listening who think, you know, I just can't, as a Christian, be salt and light. In It's a different world. It's another world. But actually, you've done it. Talk to us about that, the importance of it. It is a different world, and it's very important because, you know, I think for, for so long we, we so opposed everything coming out of Hollywood. And as I say, there, there are things to oppose. There's no question about that. But we, in a sense, threw out the baby with the bathwater. This is where people are today. My son Dallas was talking to a, a huge studio and, and uh, talking about releasing a, a film, and, and he said, you know, we, we want to appeal to our base, even though we're trying, we want this movie to cross over and reach the, the general population. And he told the, the secular studio, he said, you know, we, we need to, to reach youth groups. And the, the executives said, what's a youth group? And Dallas said, well, <laughs> every weekend churches have teenagers together all in one room and they're all with one purpose, and they're trying to, to get them on board. And, and, uh, and they said, well, that's what we're trying to do every weekend. We, we want young people in the same room watching a message. And so we're really trying to do the same thing, but with a different point. And, and the fact is, we have to acknowledge that, that New York and Hollywood, the bottom line with them is money, and often that, that translates from uh, quality work. And so they, in essence, they really don't care what the message is. They, they may oppose our message, 
But if the movie is good and they think there's an audience, they'll do it. And so the the importance of, of reaching Hollywood, I think it's it's tremendously, tremendously important, but it's also important to have a real base of people behind you supporting you and praying for you because you're in... You know, you're in the alligator pit, and and you don't want to get your head turned. I've seen uh, sometimes, you know, Christians go to Hollywood, and they they're maybe they're attractive or good actor or whatever, and they kind of get their head turned, and all of a sudden it becomes all about them and their looks and their money. That's the that's the allure of Hollywood. We have to realize we're missionaries there. We're 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 trying to go out there and just say, you know, we're not going to curse you. We just want to we want to work with you, and we want to, you know, put, get our worldview out there. Okay, so the movie has Victoria Jackson, Stephen Baldwin, and it looks like um, a cast of um, uh, different stories, different characters. A middle-aged man who's lost his job, a rundown gas station um, owner uh, who's having to work on the holiday, a lady pastor prime with no reason to live, a mother who'll do anything for a young son, and a youth pastor, a struggling youth pastor who's lost his zeal. Let me ask you this, uh, Jerry, because you've written how many books? Uh, 174. Well, I read that, and I wasn't almost willing to believe it. I wanted you to say it, but... Well, it's kind of depressing to say. I I think I've written more books than I've read by now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's funny. Well, uh, let me ask you this, um, because you've written a lot of different genres as I'm looking here. Um, What is your favorite book? What is, your, in your view, your best book? Well, I think one of my favorites is uh, a book I wrote several years ago. It's a novel, totally made-up story, but it's about a, a kid who makes the major leagues in baseball at age 13. It's called Youngest Hero, and I, having been a sports writer and a baseball fan all my life, um, I really had a lot of fun with that book, and, and, it's, and it really drew me back to the keyboard each day. Um, as for my best book, a lot of people think that it's... Um, Though None Go With Me, it's a story about a woman who makes the makes her whole life an experiment in obedience, and God really tests her. She's sort of like a female Job. Uh, that movie was picked up by the Hallmark Channel and, and uh, made into a movie starring Cheryl Ladd. Uh, and, of course, I'm very close to the Left Behind series because it had such tremendous uh, response from people, and so many people came to Christ through that. And are those the best-selling books, I assume they are, that you've done? Uh, by By... Hundreds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands. Well, folks, the number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. As we come back uh, from the break, it's your chance to talk to Jerry Jenkins, author of Midnight Clear, but also author, co-author of the Left Behind series. Maybe you want to ask him about those books, something about those books, or about this new book, or the movie, or the film, or maybe you're a writer and you want to ask you know, how to break in as a Christian, as a writer, an actor, a producer, because uh, we know the Bible teaches we are to be salt, we are to be light, and um, we have a story to tell. And I think too many Christians want to curse the darkness and um, not be that light. Uh, so, Jerry, we're going to hold over the break, if that's all right. We'll have you come back and be, be with us. Also, later in the program, we'll be giving out that Grinch Award who is the winner, and an update on global climate change. Um, Al Gore is saying that the United States blocked blocked progress at the Bali conference. Is that true? Um, is Gore right or President Bush right? We'll talk about that later in the program. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Jerry Jenkins coming back after the break.
Are you saying you don't have an apartment or a home or any sort of shelter, Mr. Boyle? No, I got shelter. I just don't have an address at the moment. What are you, living in your car? All right, that's sound from the movie Midnight Clear. This is a novel written by Jerry Jenkins and Dallas Jenkins. Uh, Jerry Jenkins is on the line with us. He's also co-author of the vastly popular Left Behind series of books. And uh, we've got Jerry on the line. Jerry, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be with you. All right. Uh, this is, by the way, let me say, would be this DVD would be a great gift at Christmas, particularly for someone that you think may be struggling this Christmas. This is the kind of film that might minister to them and help them to think uh, soberly and rightly about the season and um, what God can do in their life. Uh, Jerry, we've got callers on the line right now just to, I think, ask you about uh, Christians getting involved in the movies. We've got David on the line from Dallas. David, thank you for calling. What's your question for Jerry Jenkins? Uh, that's exactly my question. How does a Christian go about getting into movies? Are there Christian agencies, or do they have to go the normal route of finding an agent, uh, watching notices, and so on and so forth? What's the, is there a, a special uh, method of, of breaking into that particular line? Um, it, you really do have to sort of go the conventional route. And one thing that my son always advises is that uh, it's probably going to require moving to to Los Angeles. Um, There are are a few people that can maintain careers outside of Los Angeles, but those are your superstars where the the studios will come to you. But (laughs) when you're starting out, you need to get out there and and audition and get your picture around and and find a a representative and that type of thing. And uh, I I do think there are some Christian agents but the most important thing out there is a, is Christian networking. There are, are groups of Christians that are working in Hollywood, and they support each other. One thing I would recommend, too, my son loves to interact with people who are eager to get in and, and, uh, and want advice, and he answers every email. And uh, so if you just uh, to check out our website at Jenkins-Entertainment.com. And uh, leave a message for him. He would. Uh, he'll definitely interact with you. All right, that's Jenkins-Entertainment.com, and he's talking about Dallas Jenkins. And Dallas is the producer of this film. Is that correct? He's actually the director. The yeah. director of the film. That's right. Midnight Clear. Uh, well, we've got another caller on the line. This is Jim from Dallas. Jim, what is your question for Jerry Jenkins? Yeah, uh, Jerry, just was curious. Uh, when in in the line of career did you? Say it's time to pursue, um, you know, the Hollywood scene, as it were. And on the first break that you got in Hollywood, did they come after you, or did you go after them, such as Paul Mark, or how'd that work? Well, it um, um, the, the the idea of actually competing in Hollywood actually came from my son, who wanted to to be in filmmaking, and his goal always was not to just make Christian films, but to make. Um, you know, general market films reaching everybody, but with a Christian worldview, because that's the thing you see the least of in in Hollywood. And uh, I have to say, it it did come about at a time when Left Behind was very popular, so that opened a door. Um, people in Hollywood were aware of Left Behind; they were aware of my name, and so that helped. And so uh, that that you know definitely was an advantage. And uh, once we got out there and, and had produced a few things. Uh, then the the real break, of course, for everybody came when the Passion of the Christ came out, and and uh, what Mel Gibson did there was not create an audience, but reveal an audience. It was a huge, you know, evangelical support for a, a movie about Christ, 
And so then Hollywood and New York started coming to us and saying, what have you got like this, anything more? And we realized this is a short season. It's just a window of opportunity. Mm. And so we need to, to find you know good good stuff. And so my son Dallas uh, told them about my novel, Bone and Go With Me, and that went to Hallmark. And there's a few other things like that. And, and it's not just limited to me. There are... are other writers that uh, that he's reading and that he knows they're popular and and we realize Hollywood wants this because they think it'll make money, not necessarily because they agree with our message. And there's there's going to be schlock out there, there's going to be bad doctrine out there, but we need to take advantage of this opportunity before the fad ends. Because if somebody puts something bad out and it doesn't sell, all of a sudden Hollywood's on to the next fad. You know. Hey, let me ask you this question, Jerry, because I think for a long time Christians. Um, got used to really bad Christian movies. I mean, I was a kid when we had Left Behind and, excuse me, Thief in the Night, Distant Thunder. Um, we had the Gospel Blimp, things like that, which yeah. were essentially second-rate uh, actors, um, scripts, sets, uh, no distribution. and. Right. Um, but we're seeing something different here. And these films you've mentioned, of course, The Chronicles of Narnia was a, a huge success as well, I think. And um, uh, so we're, we're kind of riding a wave right now. And uh, your movie, Midnight Clear, is getting good reviews. Yeah, it's uh, it's very gratifying. And, and it's it's intentional as well because, you know, we, we applaud anybody who tries to make right, a good right. movie. and. And we realize it costs money to get good actors and good good camera people and all that type of thing. But the the last thing we want to hear is for somebody to go, you know, for a Christian movie, it was really good. Um, <laughs> right. You know, we're we're we don't even call ourselves, um, you know, we don't even say that these are necessarily Christian movies. We're making movies uh, from a Christian worldview, and so even yeah. in Midnight Clear, yes, it has prayer, it has church, it has a youth pastor, that type of thing. But the story is a very heavy, dark story about suicide and, and these people that are almost you know, ready to do away with themselves. And in the end, there's hope. Now, they don't all get saved and grow up and become missionaries and evangelize the whole world. That's, that's maybe implied in the end that maybe something like that will happen. But basically, we just want to say, here's a movie that ends with hope rather than despair. So many mm-hmm. movies end with, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas likes to make the joke that if, if this movie was the typical film festival movie, they would kill each other, and that'd be the end of the movie. Wow. And, uh, that, but that's just not our worldview. Our worldview is that there's hope and that, and that God cares about people. We're talking to Jerry Jenkins, the author of Midnight Clear, a novel. And this movie, this book, is actually a movie. You can get it on DVD. I highly recommend it for the Christmas season. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting, Jerry, you talk about uh, the dark side. Uh, this show is about the Christian worldview, and one of the things that we stress again and again is the doctrine of sin, and that is that we live in a fallen world, we live in a sinful world, and we've got to get dirty and talk about uh, the way people's lives are messed up and, of course, then point to the solution. But uh, showing a film about real problems from the Christian worldview, I think, is an important thing. Hey, I want to ask you one more comment about, you mentioned doctrine a moment ago, and of course, Left Behind, vastly popular series. And um, some folks uh, feel like, and I, you know, I've read criticisms here and there, and we kind of diverge for a moment, um, that this book series, sort of in the name of uh, excitement and sensationalism, may um, 
have gone fast and loose with doctrine. How do you respond to that? I mean, there are people who don't believe in the pre-tribulational rapture. Some are amillennial and so forth. Um, was this meant to be a theology series or, a, you know, Christian fiction? What, what's the genre for you and the intention of the Left Behind series? Well, it's really mainstream fiction, and yet uh, we were careful to to stay close to the the doctrines that we believe in, and that and that is the pre millennial pre tribulational rapture. And we realize not everybody agrees with that, and we we love the fact we live in a free country, and we can say, look, if you if you can write a novel based on another view of this, feel free and go go for it. <laughs> it's it's kind of ironic. Um, uh, the Amil group would not have much of a book to write. <laughs> well, that's the thing. This you know, e- even if you didn't believe this, it makes for better fiction. <laughs> but. Yeah, we we've gotten the, the criticism, and, and we're not trying to say we we know every jot and tittle of, of right. what everything in scripture means. But Dr. LaHaye has been studying this for over fifty years, and uh, and also it is this the majority view among evangelicals. There are, there are people on both sides of it, and we respect them and admire them, and we don't think that they're lost or anything like that. But uh, you know, you can't write fiction and, and include all the the views. So we just picked one and ran with it. Well, I want to say to folks out there, Dr. W.A. Criswell was a pre-millennialist and pre-tribulationist, and that is the uh, doctrinal position of our college. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Great. Jerry Jenkins, Midnight Clear is the novel and the DVD. You can get it now. Jerry, thank you for being with us, and we hope to have you back sometime. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. All right, folks. I do want to recommend that you check out this DVD because uh, if you're looking for, I mean, people love movies and they love to be entertained, but this is a, a movie made from the Christian worldview, but with name brand actors like Stephen Baldwin, and um, you ought to check it out. Well, uh, everybody's talking about global warming. I don't know if you picked this up, but uh, Time Magazine always does a person of the year. And they always ask famous people who they would nominate as person of the year. And so Brian Williams, who is the NBC News anchor, I want to read his nomination to you. Brian Williams writes, My nominee for 2007 person of the year is a woman. A woman with the history of abuse. A woman who has never run for elective office, someone we all know, someone who makes her presence known on a daily basis in our lives. For my money, it's better than any male alternative. That woman is Mother Earth. I think the environment is the compelling issue of our time. That's Brian Williams, um, unbiased host of the NBC Nightly News, nominating Mother Earth for Person of the Year. And, of course, you've heard that there's an environmental conference going on in Bali. And Al Gore has accused his country, the United States, of submarining uh, any progress in the conference. And so what do we make of that? So when we come back, we're going to listen to a little sound from the White House on this. And uh, we're really going to talk about uh, the science for a moment. I think uh, it's one thing for Brian Williams and Al Gore to pontificate. But we're going to talk about some of the science once again on global climate change, global warming. Also, we'll be giving out the Grinch Award. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. We'll be right back.
If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Carol, if you want to ask us to raise our hands about global warming. I, I, I wasn't doing that. You didn't get a very good response today. from the Republicans I wasn't yesterday. doing that today. We, we all want to be on record. <laughs> we believe in it. We think it's a real problem. That's Hillary Clinton. She's running for president of the United States. That's her today at the debate, the Democrats debating in Iowa. And, of course, yesterday's debate, the moderator asked the Republicans to raise their hand if they believed in global warming. And they all said they weren't going to play that game of hand-raising, but they would speak to it. And Fred Thompson wanted to speak to it. And the lady said, no, you can't speak to it. Just raise your hand, yes or no. And it was very interesting to see that interaction. But, of course, Clinton today saying, we believe in it. Did you hear that? We believe in it. And I can tell you they do believe in it. That is, it is a, it is a, a political, philosophical commitment they have. It's very interesting that Brian Williams says he's nominating Mother Earth. This all comes originally from something called the Gaia hypothesis. That is, that the Earth is our mother and that life has emanated from the Earth. And um, we, uh, if you've seen this bumper sticker, you might see it in Berkeley or California or Boulder, Colorado. Uh, honor your mother and then there'll be a picture of a globe there beside that uh, bumper sticker saying. Because these people believe in Mother Earth. Well, whatever the philosophy... Al Gore and many other climate change enthusiasts are in Bali, and uh, but Al Gore is blaming the United States and President Bush for blocking uh, some new guidelines and new standards. Here's the White House press secretary, Dana Perino, saying that Gore is wrong. We're not the roadblock, and... Uh, we're getting a bum rap on uh, greenhouse gases. There's just a ton that we have done that was not done in the previous administration. So we have moved forward while we have not set a specific target for a cut. Okay, uh, we have been improving every year on pollution and on CO2 emissions as a matter of federal policy. That is that um, now this is part of uh, EPA and uh CO2 is actually the Supreme Court has declared as pollution. I don't agree with the policy, but in fact, that is the federal policy now. Of course, we're subsidizing ethanol, and the federal government is giving all sorts of tax incentives to, you know, if you put a better heater or air conditioner in your house. And so as a matter of federal policy, we're doing better and better all the time. But I want to point to a more fundamental issue, and that is not really is um, 
is the earth warming? Most people think it is warming somewhat, but whether this is bad and whether humans are causing it. And there's a major piece from Bali, from um, a skeptical scientist there in Bali, Lord Christopher Monckton from the UK. And here's what he had to say, quote, Climate change is a non-problem. The right answer to a non-problem is to have the courage to do nothing. End quote. He goes on to say, the UN conference is a complete waste of time, our time and your money, and we should no longer pay the slightest attention to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And so uh, he went on to say that government officials and activists flying to this conference in Bali caused as much pollution as 20,000 cars active every day for one year. So these people do not really believe their own propaganda, flying all around to talk about what he calls a non-problem. Well, let's uh, know that we'll keep you updated on this as the days roll on. Now, tomorrow we're going to have David Kinneman on. You don't want to miss this. He's with the Barna Research Group. They've written a book called Unchristian. Is the church too political? Is the church too hypocritical? We'll talk about the church's view of culture and the culture's view of the church. Also, Carl Jeffers will analyze the Democrat debate that happened to date. But now it is time, Larry. It is time for the award. It's time for the Grinch Award. You nauseate me, Mr. Grinch, with a nauseous super you're a crooked jerky jockey, and you drive a crooked hoss, Mr. Grinch. Your soul is an appalling dump heap, overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of rubbish imaginable, mangled up in tangled up knots. Well, certainly the Grinch did not have the Christmas spirit, and we're giving out the Grinch Award every night leading up to Christmas to those companies, individuals, governments that uh, seem to want to stifle and stymie Christmas and um, the Christmas message in the Christmas season. Tonight's winner of the Grinch Award, Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer, what's their catalog called? The Holiday Book Catalog. Now, the Liberty Council contacted them and asked, you know, why they're not using Christmas and uh, their holiday book catalog. And here's the quote from um, the Eddie Bauer representative. I quote, customer service would not recognize Christmas. And here's the direct line, though. We don't want to offend Jews, those who celebrate Kwanzaa, and those who have no religious preference. So Eddie Bauer saying, explaining the holiday book catalog, we don't want to offend Jews. We don't want to offend those who celebrate Kwanzaa. So Eddie Bauer winning the Grinch Award. Why are you afraid of Christmas? You're getting millions of dollars because of this Christian holiday, Christmas. Don't be afraid of it. Well, again, this show is about the Christian worldview. We want to talk about the why of Christmas, why God became a man, reasons for the incarnation. Last night we talked about the fact that God became a man in order to confirm his promises in the Old Testament of a Messiah, of a Savior. Tonight, God became a man 
to reveal the Father. To reveal the Father. One of the reasons for the incarnation you can find in John 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh. That's incarnation. But when you go down to verse 18, you're told why. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who's in the bosom of the Father, He has revealed Him. That is, one of the reasons for the incarnation was to reveal the Father. To reveal the Father. I wish I had time to develop this theme, but let's just zip right ahead to the cross of Jesus Christ because it is on that cross that you really see what God the Father is like. When Jesus is dying for our sin, you see that God is holy and that God is righteous and that God is just and that sin must be punished. There's no other explanation for the Son of God on that cross except that God is a holy God who must judge sin. My sin, your sin, all sin. But you also see on that cross the love of God revealed, the grace of God revealed, the mercy of God revealed. You see what God is like. God commends His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is the incarnation of Jesus Christ on that cross, dying for our sins, which shows us not only the holiness of God, but the love of God. God loves you. The death of Jesus Christ proves that. He rose again. He offers forgiveness and new life to those who believe. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective. 